0: Right, so it's such a joy as most people have expressed to meet up after two years. And Nawaz already expressed it, but it, we're just so, so thankful to God that we are alive and well. Aren't you? Yeah. Do you know that six million people have died during these last two years? Six million. And it, that's 60 lakhs. Yeah. But God has kept us alive for a purpose. And, and, and it's because of his goodness and grace, that's it. And as we begin today, I just want to remind you to p- pray for uh, Fanny's uncle, who, who is uh, in the ICU right now, and he is struggling for breath. And uh, can we just lift up our voices and pray for him? Fanny is part of our church from Uttan in Mumbai, and she's put up this prayer request on the group. So let's remember to pray for her. Quickly, Father, we just pray for Fanny's uncle, Lord. Would you preserve his life, Lord? We pray have mercy, Lord. Touch him and heal him. Send forth your word and heal him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Just a reminder that, you know, as a church, we're a body, we're a community, we're a family, and it's great to put up prayer requests on the group. And when you see the prayer requests, take time off a minute or so from your work and let's pray for people because our prayers are important. So today is also a special day, because it is a celebration of a Christian feast. Anybody knows what that is. Pe- Pentecost, that's right. okay? It's a special day, it's a celebration of Pentecost. And Pentecost is the, a great reminder of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that, is, that we find in the second chapter of Acts that resulted in the birthing of the church and the subsequent spread of the gospel, to all nations. So remember, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon the gathered disciples, Peter preached, and the gospel went forth to the nations. And uh, it's important that we remember these great events in church history because they are so instructional for us. So we're going to look at uh, uh, d- many different scriptures this morning. We're going to start with Acts chapter 2. So I would encourage you, get all of your Bible, either in... Uh, Print form or on the phone and look up the verses. We won't be having them up he- them up here today. All right. So let's let's look at uh, okay before we start. I- I'm sure we've all at some time participated in a race. Anybody participated in a race? Yeah. Any kind of race. Put your hand up. Yeah. Okay. Anybody won a race? Few people. Okay. Won a race. And if you remember. Just before the race starts, what are the words that you hear? On your marks, get set, go. All right? And, and that's, would you believe it? That's what Jesus almost said in the Gospels after his resurrection. He didn't use those same words, but, you know, he told his disciples. He says, go to Jerusalem, all right? Wait for the promise of the Father. And then go into all the world. Okay, so it was almost the same. On your marks, get set, go. And so we're going to look at the second chapter of Acts to see how, uh, how the disciples obeyed Jesus' command. So turn with me to Acts, Acts chapter 1 first. Before the second chapter, we'll go to the first chapter and see this. Acts chapter 1. And uh, we're looking at verse 12. In verse 12, it says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. On your marks. When they arrived there, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. And it lists all the disciples who were present. And in verse 14 says, They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. Get set. Okay? And then, in Acts chapter 2, we find out that as they were waiting there, you know, the Holy Spirit comes upon them. But as they were waiting, Jesus gave them this promise. Remember, Jesus rose from the dead after his death on the cross, and for a period of 40 days after that first Easter, he met with the disciples. They thought he was dead. He met with them and it says here in Acts chapter 1, he gave them convincing proofs to say, listen guys, I am alive. I am alive. And in verse 4 it says of Acts chapter 1, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Note something here. You will be, John baptized or John immersed you in water, but in a few days you're going to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said. This verse, baptized with the Holy Spirit, is there several times, I think in almost all the Gospels and in Acts. It's important. And God's plan for each one of us that we too are people who are baptized or immersed in the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, don't go. Just stay there. Don't go. Don't move. You, we can't do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And then he goes on to say in, in, in verse uh, 8, but you will receive power. Everybody say Power. 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 Okay, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You remember Peter? He was afraid of a servant girl. You remember that? Yeah, the girl said, Hey, want you with Jesus? What did he say? Me? No, no, no. Not me. This same Peter who ran away from a servant girl In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes, he stands up boldly and he preaches the gospel. The difference was he received power. Are are you a bit afraid to share the gospel with anybody? Yeah, especially in today's day and age where in many states you can be accused of forcibly converting somebody, you know, and uh, there's jail and all that, but... The Bible says on our own we can't do it. But when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, like Peter, our fear can be overcome and we will boldly proclaim the the gospel. Okay. And then we see what really happened on that first Pentecost in the New Testament. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4 onward, they they had gathered. They were gathering every day. They didn't know when the Holy Spirit would be poured out. And they were not just twiddling their thumbs or playing video games. Yeah? They were worshipping and they were praying. And then Acts chapter 2 says this. Suddenly, okay, Acts chapter 2, when the b- day of Pentecost came, verse 1, they were all together in one place and suddenly... We don't, they didn't know when the Holy Spirit would come. Suddenly, a sound like a, there was a violent wind from heaven that came and filled the room. Tongues of fire came upon each one of them and the first gift of the Spirit was released. What was that? Tongues. They began to speak in other tongues. Amazing. and they be, So it says that in verse 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enable them amazing and, and then just to summarize what happens next is that uh, you know there are other jews who had come for this feast of pentecost and they heard these disciples speaking in their own language different languages and they said hey what's happening here and then uh, peter stands up and he explains he proclaims the gospel which is that hey jesus was mighty in word and deed he was crucified, and, and, and Peter, I mean, I love the way Peter preaches. It was so direct. He says in verse Acts chapter 2, verse 22, Men of Israel, listen to this. And I'd say men and women in Pune, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to, by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God set, Purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Okay? And then he goes on to speak about the resurrection and 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 all. And, and he says to so this, and he says this in verse 38: Repent and be baptized every one of you in the forgiveness. In the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 40. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So we see the first Pentecost. Peter Preached this wonderfully powerful word, and how many were saved? 3,000. And those 3,000 were added to the 120 disciples, <laughs> you know, and they became the church. The, the church was birthed. And then the rest of Acts tells us how they started living. And we will cover that in subsequent messages. But this morning, this is what I'd like to say if you are here and you have not yet. Received the forgiveness of your sins. If you've not yet put your faith in Jesus, or maybe you have, but you, you, you've backslid, and you're. And I want to tell you, listen, Jesus came, He died for our sins on the cross, He rose from the dead, He offers us, uh, I think who Manish shared today, he, forgiveness of sins. Wow, wonderful. All your sins, past, present, and future, can be forgiven. And he has a plan and purpose for you on earth. But you've got to receive him into your life. And he says he will fill you with his Holy Spirit and give you power. Okay, we're going to pray this morning for the word. And if there's anybody who wants to say, Jesus, I trust in you this morning, please do that. Okay, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your amazing and precious sacrificial death on the cross for our sins. Thank you that you rose again and you are seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord, this morning, may your blessing be upon this word. Lord, if there's anybody here who has not yet committed their lives to you, I pray that you would touch their hearts and draw them to you this morning, that they too would receive the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. Bless me and each one of us as we Study your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. So, so we're going to look at three things about the day of Pentecost this morning. So, in a nutshell, you know what the day of Pentecost was. The disciples were together after the resurrection, after the ascension, waited for the promise of the Father. They were filled with the Spirit, and they boldly proclaimed the word. The church of God was birthed and... uh, and, and the rest is history. But what exactly did, did Pentecost accomplish? The first thing it did is it caused a reversal of the tower of Babel. Remember the Tower of Babel? anybody remembers? Yeah. In Genesis 11, right in Genesis 11, okay, the, there was only one language in the whole earth, one language. Okay, and uh, the whole world had one language, and the people moved together. And Genesis eleven verse four, the people said, "This come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the earth." Okay, you know the story. Yeah, the the people gathered together; they were united, one language, one people. And they had one goal. Build a tower to the heavens. Two reasons. We'll make a name for ourselves and we won't be scattered. Let's be comfortable together. What did God do? Okay. When God saw what was happening, yeah, Genesis 11 verse 6 to 9 says this. If if as one people speaking the same language they've begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. God, the Trinity, understood that if, they, if people can work together in unity, in oneness, nothing will be impossible. Unity is so important, so important. But God was not pleased with this unity and this goal. Do you know why? Two reasons. Number one was pride and arrogance. They wanted to build a tower because they wanted to build a name for themselves. God was not pleased with that. But there is a second reason that God was not pleased. Because their aim was to build a tower, make a name for themselves, and not be scattered. They wanted to be together. But but in Genesis chapter 9, God had given Noah this command. He says, fill the earth. That means scatter and fill the earth. So these are the two commands the people from Babel were breaking. And so God confused their languages, their language and that's how all the different languages came to pass. And because they couldn't wa- understand one another they sp- God forced them to spread out to different parts of the earth. Okay, And that's what happened. Now, the people of Babel were cursed with a with with not understanding one another, and their unity was broken. How did Pentecost reverse this? Remember, in Acts chapter two, if we look at that, there. Look at Acts chapter two, and we see in uh, in verse five. Was that yeah? In verse five, it says they were staying in Jerusalem. Jews from every nation under heaven. And what happened? When the Holy Spirit was poured out, the gift of tongues were given, they could understand what these people were saying in their own language. So one of the things, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the giving of the gift of tongues did is it reversed what happened there and it enabled a new unity to come about for God's glory. Okay? So I want to encourage us this, this morning. Okay? Unity is important. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is important for that unity. Okay? If you look at our nation today, we are proud that we have so many languages, diverse culture and dress and customs, but in the church of Jesus Christ, there's got to be unity where no matter where you are from, in India, out of India, north, south, east, west, We are one in Christ Jesus. Amen. And if we work together as the promises, nothing will be impossible for us. The second thing that happened is the reversal of death due to the law. Okay? In, uh, In Exodus, when Moses led the people of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery into the promised land, Okay, Uh, Moses took them into the desert and he left them there and he went up to the mountain to meet with God and get the Ten Commandments. That's Exodus 24, 15 to 14. For six days, the cloud covered the mountain and then God called Moses and said, Moses, be with me. And for 40 days, Moses stayed on the mountain. 40 days, 40 nights without eating or drinking. He just feasted. And was sustained by the presence of God. That's another important clue for us. That you know, when we are in the presence of God, God's presence can sustain us through whatever we're going through. But while he was in God's presence, maybe dancing and rejoicing, there was something else happening down. Okay, the Israelites, it says, got tired of waiting for Moses. And they told Aaron, Aaron, make us a golden calf. And that's what they did. And, and it says in Exodus that uh, they, they went crazy dancing before this idol. And God was not pleased with them. Exodus 32 verse 15. Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant of law in his hand. And then when Moses approached the camp, camp and saw the calf and the, dan- and the dancing, his anger burned And he threw the tablets out of his hand, breaking them into pieces. And when he saw that the people were running wild, Moses said, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites rallied to him. Then he said to them, this is what the God of Israel says. Each man take a sword, go back and forth through the camp from one end to the other. Each killing his brother and friend and neighbor. The Levites did as Moses commanded And that day, about 3,000 of the people died. Do you see the coincidence in the numbers? When the law was given, those who sinned were judged, and 3,000 were killed. But on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit was poured out, okay, the law brings death, the Spirit gives life, and the law. With the spirit. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. That's a spirit gives life. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 3,000 were not killed but they were saved to eternal life. Okay. So the second thing the day of Pentecost did is that a reversal of death due to the law. There's life available. Forgiveness of sins. And the last thing that is there this morning is that on the day of Pentecost, we and if we read through the verses to the end of the chapter, we receive a blueprint for the church. What is the purpose of the church? Who, is a, who gets entry into the church? What are we called to do while we are waiting for the Lord to call us home? So all these things are outlined over those few verses. You know, the entry pa- parameters into the church are very clear. In Acts chapter 2, when uh, the the gospel is preached in verse 37 the people say brothers what shall we do and peter replies we need to repent of our sins have faith in jesus he says be baptized in water and in, it goes on to say receive the gift of the holy spirit so faith in jesus repentance of sins baptism in water and receive the holy spirit And in verse 41 it says, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And 42 onwards tells us what they did. Okay? They fellowshiped together. They met together in their homes, in their temple courts. They ate together. They praised God. They prayed. There was unity. They shared their possessions. And this speaks about a Holy Spirit unity and love. Do you know that? It's only in the church of Jesus Christ can we have such unity. In our nation, people will not even eat together because of the caste and religious divisions. But in the church, we accept one another as Christ accepted us. And the third thing that we see here is that in, uh, in the blueprint for the church is we have our purpose. What are we here for? What are we here for? It is not to meet here every Sunday. That's not our purpose. Please, turn to somebody and say, it's not to meet here every Sunday. Okay? Our our purpose is to scatter and proclaim the gospel wherever we are. Some will be called to go out to another place. Some will do it here. But our purpose is to proclaim the gospel and to do good deeds that bring glory to the Father in heaven. That's what we are called to do. Love one another. Proclaim the gospel. Do good deeds. Okay. So this is just a summary of the day of Pentecost and what it accomplished. Yeah, we'll be covering in detail what are we to do as a church in, this, in the coming weeks. But this morning, this is what we're going to do. We're going to stand together and pray and say, Lord, as on the day of Pentecost, you fill us with your Holy Spirit. We need more of your spirit this morning. Okay? So can we stand together? Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. And, and, and Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink and streams of living water will flow from him. And let's say, Lord, you, you cry out to him. And you say, Lord, I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. I want your power I want your forgiveness. I want to do what you've called me to do, Lord. Oh. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your great salvation, Lord. We thank you for your ascension to the right hand of God. And you said when you are ascended, you will send the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask you, send your Holy Spirit afresh upon us, Lord. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Fill us this morning, Lord. Fill us, fill us. That we may know your power, that we would be able to fulfill your great commandment and the great commission here on earth. Lord, we want you, more of you in our lives, Lord. Would you fill us this morning? We are thirsty for you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.